Hi, welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the I Am Broken podcast. Got something really special. Uh, this is kind of an impromptu. Um, yeah, this is special. This is special. I'm just waiting on my guest. Yeah, just waiting on my guest. Okay. Waiting on my guest. I see that she has joined the room. So welcome again to the I Am Broken podcast. This is your host, Robin, and I want to say thank you for joining me. But before we actually get going into this, let me just start by having a word of prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I just come before you today. Just want to say thank you for this opportunity, Father God. Thank you for the platform, Father God. Thank you just for your grace and your mercy, Father God. Now, Lord, I just ask that you give us the right words, that we are the vessels, Father God, that those that hear may receive deliverance and healing through the things that will be shared tonight, Father God. And we just want to give you honor. We want to give you glory and we want to give you praise. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. So tonight I have a special guest. Now, for most that know her, she wears many, many hats, but she's my aunt. And so let me just introduce my Aunt Sheila to you all. Um, Auntie, come on in and, you know, share a little bit about who you are. Okay, Auntie, are you having some technical difficulties? Okay, let's see. She might still be having difficulties. Okay. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the I Am Broken podcast. How are you? I'm much better now. Thank you. How are you guys doing? <laughs> we are awesome. I just wanted you to introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, hi. I'm Sheila, Sheila Johnson, uh, formerly Sheila Griggs. I'm Robin's mom's youngest sister. I'm uh, about 65-ish years old. Uh, I live in uh, East Texas. I've been here for about 27 years now. Did a little traveling around the world, just a little bit. Uh, husband was in the military and I've been in ministry since uh, 1995. Um, had a lot of experience, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of stuff, a lot of life. And so, but now I'm a telecommunications uh, commercial salesperson. I'm uh, one of six. I, 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 I swim with the sharks, put it like that. So, um, and then they run with the horses. I'm the horse. So that's just a little bit about me. Okay. Well, you know what? Thank you again for um, joining me tonight. You know, this is an impromptu, um, and we're going to just have some fun with it. So, you know, we're going to just open up our conversation and let other people listen in. Um, you know, you wear many different hats, you know, before um, <laughs> before I ever knew you, you was a sister. You know, so I know that you have been through, you know, many different challenges. So why don't we just start there? What was a, what was it like? growing up with your siblings <laughs> well we thought a lot um <laughs> uh, i'm dead center i've got two older sisters two younger brothers and so um 
to be on a real side, looking at things the way they are now, we had a great family. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the, the struggles everybody else have, not, not liking each other for whatever reason. Uh, but as uh, brothers and sisters, we did have a great time growing up. Now, we got some issues, but we did have a lot of fun growing up. We had family. We had cousins and, and that, that visited us all the time. Um, your mom uh, was the oldest. And so we, we were back in the day where whatever the oldest said or the eldest said, that, that was law. And when <laughs> our parents got back, if we didn't follow the law, whether the law was right or wrong, we were we were dealt with and i when i say dealt with i'm saying she handled us well, so we came up under the time is the oldest uh is um is in charge because when mom gets home the elders had to answer for all the things that were done or not done that she told us to do and uh, respect was a big big deal my parents uh were, were, were big on respect respecting your elders, respecting the oldest, respect was said, if it's not right, I'll pay later. So it's basically like that. So we, we grew up under your mom's thumb, sort of, kind of. Well, you know, so I guess it would be safe to say then that, that earlier on bringing up has something to do as far as the contributions of who you have become today. Is that safe to say? That's not only safe to say, that is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> you know, being, a, being a, in the middle, having two older and two younger siblings, um, how do you feel that impacted your life? How do you feel that impacted? What kind of impact did it really make on your life? The one thing it did teach me was a lot of compassion because we weren't a rich family. We just sort of kind of looked like we were. Um, it taught me to be very compassionate about what I had and, and then be thankful for what we didn't have. Um, my two older sisters and I, we were <clears throat> plus size girls. And so back then we had to, we had to play the game because uh, being a plus size girl wasn't a cool thing. It was frowned upon. But then my brothers were regular size. And so sometimes the eldest got new clothes for school and the second one got the hand-me-downs from the first one. And then, you know, I come along, it might be closer to Christmas time and I'm going to get some things. And number two felt like number one and three would get it. So she felt left out. So a lot of times I would try to balance it out to where it didn't seem fair and, and I could see that so I would say hey you know number two you can wear this tomorrow because we all basically wore the same size we could interact in clothes their clothes might be a little longer because I'm the shortest but you know we we would do that so it taught me a lot of compassion and, and it also it. taught me to like be able to 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 like weigh the options or not necessarily weigh the option but see both sides of the story um because sometimes you will just lean towards one group or one, 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 one thought, you know, or one opinion versus seeing both sides. So with two older sisters, I had to deal with this, but having two younger brothers, I had to deal with something different. So okay. it, it gave me a lot of compassion. So compassion. And as a woman, we need to have that because we go through so many different things in our life. Right. So you learned a a whole lot about balance in there being in the middle you know having two older and two younger so you were you learned a little bit about balance yes right and as a woman we need to be able to balance many different things right so now moving forward you have become a mother right and you know, just when we think that we have matured and we are grown, you know, in certain areas of our life, you know, nothing ever really truly prepares us for parenting, right? To be a parent, right? So now you've had to deal with two older, two younger siblings, right? So, and compassion was a thing that you learned the most in that situation now fast forwarding you became a mother 
What was that like for you? I know it was different in the times that you were growing up in, but how how could we, you know, give the listeners today, you know, um, tie it into with today? What was that like for you? Well, for your listeners, I had two different lives, and and, and I'm gonna have to say it like that. When I was 17, I was I got pregnant in high school, and um, so I had my, my first child while I was a senior in high school. Um, and the big, the, the, there's one word that I would say, and this is basically for a lot of things that go on in your life. I was unprepared. I was mm-hmm. not prepared. Uh, I, I wasn't prepared to have sex, but I did, you know what I'm saying? So back in 1975, when I got pregnant, um, or, or 74 actually, excuse me, 79, when I got pregnant in high school, I ended up thinking like everybody else, oh, I'm pregnant, okay, nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with him, I'm just pregnant, and I'm due to have this baby, I keep getting the dates wrong, y'all forgive me, but she was born in 75, Uh, there's nothing, I mean, I'm just going to have this baby, so when I had Bashir, when she was born, Bashir was Mm -hmm. born was prepared for that. I wasn't prepared to be a 17-year-old mother. All I knew was that it was going to be a girl or a boy. But when she came out here, I am a healthy person. Her father was healthy. And here she comes out. This is pretty and brown as she could be, but the whole, there's a hole in her back. And she's labeled spina bifida, which was not uh, something that most Black children had. So they were trying to figure out what's going on. We don't know this until she's born. And so I'm not prepared to take this child at the same time. I'm not prepared for the information that they're giving me. I'm not prepared to even understand what that spinal bifida meant. I don't even get a chance to see my baby. They hold her for a second for me to come out of recovery. They wish her off to the children's hospital where she has to have surgery. So I wasn't prepared when I thought I saw her. And when I actually did see her, it was Mm -hmm. two different children. That's not the same little girl. So I wasn't prepared to to raise a, a child that did, had no feeling from waist down. I, I, I couldn't figure out what went wrong. I tried to find out. Long story short, and this is a whole nother story, she dies almost 11 years later. Almost, yeah, about 11 years later. I wasn't prepared for her to die. I wasn't prepared to, 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 to come home to a child that had a seizure and I get her to the hospital and I just know everything is going to be all right. And she looks at me and tells me, you know, she's cold. The next thing I know, she's in ICU. The next thing I know, they're pulling the plug and I'm holding her. I wasn't prepared for that. Nobody so, told me how to do this. So and then go ahead. Me, I'm sorry. Let me just stop you there because that's like a key thing being a woman. You know, we we encounter so many different challenges, right, that we're not prepared for. And so you weren't, you were unprepared to be a young mother. Um, I too was a young mother thinking that I was grown and mature enough to handle it, but only to find out, no, I really wasn't. Um, And, you know, there's no rule, no rule book (laughs) or guide. You know, you can only base that off of the different things that you were given, the different things that you thought were the right things to do. So being unprepared as a woman um, and then having the experience of having a child that had spinal bifida, um, which was not a common thing, like you said, in African-American kids, right? So how did that impact your life in that stage of you being a woman? I did not want to be. I didn't want to grow up. I didn't want to be a mother. I did not want to be a woman. I didn't want to, I wanted to stay a teenager. I did not. And life pushed me and forced me. And I, um, I learned things hard because I didn't understand. So I had a lot of crying moments. I had a lot of angry moments. Um, not her fault, Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of teachable moments that I didn't realize until after she was gone and the Lord showed me that. But I, I just didn't. There was no woman in me at that time. There was a there was a young lady, but there was no woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the beginning of a mother being formed in me because 
after having her and being there where I was, I decided I'm going to leave. And that's when your mom decided to come pick me up. And so we ended up out of what would have been comfortable for me and, and all of my familiar surroundings. I left Ohio. Mm hmm. And so that started forming the mother in me because it was time now to take care of my child. Uh, I thought I had help and I, and I wanted help and I was working two jobs, but I was trying to avoid the motherhood and become the worker because I didn't want to deal with it. But it forced me into the hand of being the mother. So I had to start taking care of making arrangements, um, keeping kids from picking on her. And they did that, you know, so I, it started forming that that mother thing in me that that like that mother bear you mess with mine mm -hmm, you know it, mm -hmm. it started forming that part of the woman in me that part of the mother in me but still i didn't want to be bothered with it i wanted to i'm a young woman now flying flashy i want to do my thing but i can't because i got a responsibility i did you know what i'm saying but it 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 just started to like it's almost like the clash of the titans start taking place you know the mother the woman the girl the girlfriend the sister the auntie all of those pieces started forming and it was chaotic sometimes and then it was the best of times at times because I was growing up with my child and she was doing good indeed and you know um I think that that speaks to a lot of you know because it puts me in the mind of the Proverbs 31 woman right a lot of people, a lot of women think that, I kind of feel like a lot of women think that, that she was already like that, but mm -hmm. she wasn't. Mm -hmm. She had to become that and she had to evolve into that. So dealing with the different challenges that you face, you know, early on in life, even midways through life, and then today, you know, when you really think about that, you're still evolving into who God wants you to be, you know? And so I feel like that was the start of you evolving and you're still growing. We all are still growing. Now, if you had to think about that today and put a term to it today, what would you say to some young woman who might be listening that may be experiencing the same thing. Maybe her child is not spinal bifida, but maybe her child has a disability. How would you speak to that today? Because I didn't have anybody to speak to my situation. Mm -hmm. I would say to her, find there's always a group for something. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a woe is pity party me, there's a group for something get some get next to somebody that understands how you feel if your child is autistic if your child is acting out if your child is uh, mentally disabled physically disabled if your child has dyslexia or if your child just got a bad attitude mm -hmm. get with somebody that can understand what you are saying i'm not saying to agree with you but to help you had there been somebody that to me and said, it's this, this, and this, I may have understood it better. I went through 11 and a half years of what did I do, God? Mm. What did I do wrong? Mm. Why me? Why, why my kid? Why, why Sheba? Why? Mm. I, I, I didn't know that this was a thing. I didn't understand physical handicaps. Uh, I didn't understand mental handicaps. I just knew the things and the words that were were said so some old-fashioned and old mindsets are still out there i get that mm -hmm. but get to somebody that can build you up encourage you even in the most embarrassing one of the most embarrassing things that happened and i'm sorry to take up your time on this was that my child was at church mm. and we were on base and and i let her go to church with a group mm -hmm. and my daughter didn't have any control of her bowel or bladder so if she had a bowel movement, nobody, you wouldn't know it until you smell it, okay? Well, some adults smelled it and called attention to it 
And they had to try to find the bus to bring her home. So by the time she gets to me, it's a whole big ordeal. Where were the adults? Where was somebody that could have talked to her and said, baby, let me take you home? Where was somebody that wasn't too busy? Hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm saying this to you, lady, young woman, get to somebody that can help you help yourself. And you may have it all going on and have all the resources that you need. But I am, a, I as that kind of mother and been through that and done that, I can tell you, I don't have all the answers, but you need to talk about it and you need to yell, scream, holler, or be thankful, however it comes out. Because where I am on this side of the fence, I'm grateful for Bashia. God, I thought God gave Bashia to me for me to take care of her, but God gave me Bashia for her to strengthen and mature me. I am the woman that I am today because of that child. If I had not dealt with that or gone through that, I would be a mess right now. I wouldn't be the woman that I am. You know, that's simply amazing. It speaks to, you know, the different things that we have to deal with. And God made us so unique. And he was very intentional. He gave us so many different attributes that he did not give to men because he knew we were strong enough and capable enough to handle it. Even though when we're dealing with different things, we're right there in the thick of it. It doesn't seem like and it definitely don't feel like it, that you have the strength, you know, to get through it. Um, and it's not until you get on the other side of it that you realize, you know, hey, this didn't break me. This didn't move me. This, you know, it, it tried to knock me down, but, you know, you got back up. And so now moving forward, you're still a mom. You know, you have two adult sons now. You're a wife. You've been married now for how long? 34 years. See, amen to that. You know, um, that's to a place where a lot of us are striving to get to. And I know it has been work. Um, but can you just talk a little bit about that hat that you wear as a, a wife and you still have, you know, even though your sons are adults now, um, but speak to being a wife, the woman, the wife. On the real side, I married a great guy. Absolutely great guy. I wouldn't do, there's nothing in the world. I was, I was absolutely sure. I had been married before. And it was a disaster. So I wasn't trying to do that again, not anytime mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. And the man that I married is a great man. He really is. Uh, the man that I married also is a very quiet man. Now he's a storm if you deal with him, uh, but I know which buttons to make sure I don't push. <laughs> but to be honest, ladies, you don't get 34 years of blitz, okay? And, and to be very honest with you, if you do not have a relationship with Christ, you can cancel Christmas because there is nothing going on in this earth right now that will keep a marriage together. Don't be your, your relationship with Christ. I have a relationship with Christ that kept me from divorcing him. He has a relationship with Christ that kept him from divorcing him, divorcing me. We have a relationship with Christ that kept us together because it is nothing but God that kept us together. Now you're talking two ministers, we have two different views and two different outlooks on a lot of things, but he yet is the head of the household. Hmm. Okay. I'm aggressive. He's passive, but he still is the head of the household. Mm -hmm. Ladies, sometimes we grew up as uh, being independent. You don't need a man for nothing, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to tell you something. Independence is a, is, is a, is a murderer in a relationship because you know what you'll do. You'll do it all yourself. And you know what happened? He'll let you. Mm. You gave him permission to let you. You gave him permission to let you do everything. Don't do it. The world's view on what to do and how to do things. You got two shots. You're either going to do it the way the world says do it. Common law, in law, up law, down law, or you're going to do it the way God says. So we do this whole white dress thing coming down to church and everything else. But then we take the world's view 
of the situation and we do it like that. It's either God's way or it's the world's way. They are not going to mix. If so, if you try to mix the two of them together, you are going, that's a recipe for disaster and torment. Now, has it been easy? No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But we are living the best years of our lives today. Wow. The best years today. Now, we've been together 35 years in, in, in October. We've been married, it would be 34 years in December. But you know what? Me and my husband only been married for about mm, the last five years. Wow. Can you talk a little bit about why it's only been the last five years? Because we are married now. I get the benefits of the marriage, not just the roommate. I get the benefits of the husband, not just somebody that comes in the door that's paying the bills. I don't need another roommate. I've had those. I don't need somebody paying the bills. I can do that. I don't want a relationship that that we see each other in passing. And we had that for years and years and years. And ladies, let me tell you something else. After the love is gone, and I'm talking about the 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 quiet love, the pillow talk, after that is gone, trust me, it will go. Okay, you better hear me. It will go. And it will get to the place where you'll be like, mm, whatever okay and then your attention will turn because of the way you built you don't want to do that mm-hmm. but if you stay in it and you pray and maybe abdicate the throne move out the way and let god then you will get what you're looking for you'll get a marriage you'll get a covenant you'll have the convenience and the blessings that god intended for us to have we're still experiencing the blessings and do we still squabble mm-hmm and do we still like not talk? Well, we don't do that no more because I won't let him rest. He's going to talk to me. I ain't going to bed like that. Okay. I'm going to pinch him or pull his hair or whatever. I don't know. I decided not to be mad anymore. I decided not to shut down anymore. I decided to stop my ways. I remember God asking, I mean, telling God one day, would you please change him? And the <laughs> Lord spoke to me as clear as I'm speaking to you right now. He said, how about I start with you? Me? Ain't nothing wrong with me. It's him. Now, how about I start with you? Because if I change you, that's going to change the way you look at him. Wow. Okay. So now there are so many different things that we as women have that we go through, right? So now you were unprepared early on in life. You experienced what compassion you had, you know, you learned about compassion and balance early on in life. You learned about motherhood, you know, the child that really caused you to grow up, to change you, to allow you to start to become and evolve into this woman that has a purpose. God has a plan for. Now you are a wife and you, uh, y'all have experienced challenges. You have had to face you know, many storms. You And now you spoke about God being the head in this here. Can you speak a little bit about your relationship and how important your relationship with the Lord has been to, to other people? Can you let the women know the importance of the relationship that you have with God? It is life. This morning, I had a moment with God and told God, God, it's not the moment. This is not about the moment. It's about the everlasting. So it's beyond a whole lot of other things that we think that church and God and ministry and preaching and all that other stuff brings to the table. It is this. We're at the point of you make your choice of the everlasting now because my relationship with God is past. Uh, now lay me down to sleep. It's past, you know, bless me, oh, Father God, watch over my, it's past a lot of that. My relationship with God is so much more deeper because now it's not about them and him. It's about me and him. Well, it's always been about that, but because we work and do and we church and we do different things, we get caught up in the, in the mix and we forget about knowing him. So one day I realized God, I know about you, and I know about Jesus, and I know your names, but I really don't know you. Mm. And that made me 
go through some changes because I, I realized that when I was going through some emotional changes. I don't know you. One day I told God, I'm not enjoying this walk. I'm not, I'm be real, real with you. I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. And, 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 but my relationship where I was birthed at in the ministry, I was birthed in, in, in the waters, girl. I was birthed in, in spiritual matters. And I was birthed in, God has been talking to me all my life. I'm not deep, but I'm telling you that when God did a quick work in me, it was so quick. I didn't know my head was spinning. And then to come here and find out about worship and the dance and, and 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 falling in love and falling at his feet, crying out Abba and laying in his chest and laying on his lap and laying in the floor and just seeing him. I was tracing back some days that I had with the Lord. I was looking back at some of the miracles. God would give me dreams, and I can tell you dreams verbatim that I had 40 and 45 and 50 years ago. I saw the hem of his garment. I was laying on the floor and I saw his hem and his feet. I saw the face of Jesus in a tree. Mm. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord in a dream stretched out across the East China Sea. I saw the Lord. I saw, I was tracing back these memories. I saw God in Japan. I was so locked into a, a, a moment with God. I told God, you can take me right now. Mm. Right now, right here. Don't let me go no further because I can't move out of this place right here. I experienced God. And then I almost lost it. How do you lose that? How do you lose being in the presence of God? How do you lose walking away from the rain? How do you lose bowing down and you can't even stand up because the weight of God is in the room. The anointing is so un un unmatched. How do you walk away from that? How do you do? But I did almost lost it. I almost lost it because I wasn't paying attention. Again, unprepared. Because I was in church. But God kept me. And that's why when I when I think about God and I start talking about, you know, I can do a whole lot of things and so can everybody else. But when I start thinking on the I am and the everlasting to everlasting, when I start thinking about the ancient of days and start, go, when I go there, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. You know what? Because it's not, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I don't have. But what I have, what I have found out about God is God is rich. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Don't care about your Rolls Royces or your Lexus. Have them all if you need to, okay? But the richness that I see in, in my walk with God is the wisdom of God, the, the fatness, the wine, the bountiful, the fullness, the good girl. You know what I'm saying? The light of Jesus Christ shining in my life. I'll snap you in a heartbeat, but I'm going to come back and, and apologize and let you know I'm human just like you. I don't wear a cape. I mess up, but I'm going to come back. Because all of that God has filled me with, his grace. The mercy that we all have, the, the, the ability to give, I will give you anything. Anytime, if I hear the Lord said, I'm on it, I'm not even going to ask two questions. Because I, I understand that's how God does. I look for the richness of God in people. I'm not looking for, I'm not impressed by titles and I'm not impressed by peoples and things. We grew up looking like we had, so I already know how to fake the funk. But I'm more impressed in what are you really bringing to the table that's going to help me grow spiritually. And that's what when you said about those women, speak to those young mothers. You don't fool with people that can't bring you no food to the table. Don't do that. Don't waste your time with emptiness and self-pity. I know it hurts and I know it's bad and the breakup is crazy. But baby, what is coming to the table is what's going to feed you. You got to see what's coming to the table. And then what are you bringing to the table? You know, that's interesting because, you know, being a young mother myself, you know, um, it was a hit or miss a lot of times. Um, and I found myself, you know, when the kids got older, having to go back, you know, not that I could change or fix the mistakes that I made, but I had to ask for forgiveness, you know, in that space, in that moment, because again, at the end of the day, you know, 
when you discover who God truly is and when you truly have a relationship with the Lord and you you've been in and you've had those moments there is nothing that compares to that and so ideally wanting to just walk uprightly you know live the best way that I possibly could in front of them show them you know to go to God and talk to him you know teach teach them them things you know that's all a part of you know the many different things that as women we have to do the things that we go through and you know just for the fact that he made us so unique he was so intentional about the things that he gave to us the emotions the just the the strength and the courage to just to be able to you know stand and stand planted and be firm in it you know i have to honestly tell you i'm very grateful and very thankful for you know you my aunt Rhonda, you know, my mother, um, it's so many, my aunt Tracy, you know, my aunt Mary, um, you know, my grandmother who was no longer here, but there was the village cause you know, it takes a village. So now you don't, you've learned about being unprepared. You've learned about compassion. You've learned about balance. You've learned about motherhood. You have, you know, you're still, growing and loving, you know, your, your wife, the role of a wife. Right. And, and so now you're talking about your relationship with the Lord, you know, um, and how that has impacted where you are today. Now, where do you, because you have a very, okay, y'all, let me just sit. I'm about to put my auntie's business out there. She is very creative, y'all. Like if you if you give her an idea, I have never seen anything like it. Trust me, y'all hear me and hear me good. Like she lives in East Texas. Uh, she just got a street name. Please say it within the last ten years or so. Um, but anyway. I always have told her that East Texas can't hold who she is because her mind, God gave her the ability to just create things that you just, I mean, you can't even begin to imagine. And it's just like, she's like a gem in this little bitty place, hidden in this little bitty place, right? And so, Talk to them about your purpose, how you have been walking. I know you've been walking with the Lord for a very long time and no, it's not an easy path to be on um, because we fall off. We've got to get back up and keep on going, but talk about your purpose. I mean, did you ever think that you would be able to y'all? She, I'm just going to put her business out there. You know, she could be a wedding planner. She could do the decorations for the church. And if you just give her room to just breathe and let her go, you will have something that will be mind blowing. So now, auntie, you know, you wear many hats. So talk about that creative side. I uh... <clears throat> I saw a macaw bird when I was in Japan. For the first time, I'd never seen a bird like that in my life. It's it's red and blue and and yellow. And when I saw it, it the, the the head is a beautiful blue and then it, the, the feathers stop and then it goes into the next color and it stops. And then it goes into the next color and it stops. And then the tail end is something else. And so I said, what the heck is that? And it's so pretty. And so when I began to think about that, I used to ask God, I want to talk to the one that did that. I want, to, I want the one that created the garden. I want to know the one that said, let there be. I want that creativity, God. You see that flower? That's what I want. I want to know how to blow my own mind, okay? Mm -hmm. And the older I got, when I realized in 87, that I had some kind of little gift or whatever. I don't know where it came from. I just knew how to put stuff together. I didn't know. I just started working with something. And as I evolved and every time I tried something, I would do it based on the fact that 
Let me see if I can do it. I want to see if I can do it. And then when I got saved, I knew I had a gift. And I would tell the Lord, I would say, God, there are multimillionaires that's paying umpteen thousands of dollars for these extravagant weddings. I believe that the kingdom should have the same thing. I can make it look like that. All I got to do is give it to me. I would do stuff in Japan. Japan doesn't have any silk flowers. They have plastic flowers. Or you go to the gardens and pick flowers out or you use vine. And God gave me so much with some of those flowers and spray paint that it was unreal. Mm. So the creative part of me is the part of me that I see in God. He who said, let there be. And so I, I, I'm constantly craving that I, this is not it. This is not it. I want more. This is not it. Mm. To me, I have not done my best work, but I step back and say, wow, that's deep. That's beautiful. Did you? Oh, okay. Then I pick it apart. And then mm. I'm like, this is not my best work. I can't wait to see what my best work is because my gift is in my hands and I am going to be a blessing to somebody. It doesn't matter. When I come into the to the event, I'm asking God, I don't care what I think. I want it to be a blessing to the people that have hired me to do this. Because they basically, they won't give me an idea. They'll say, just do what you do. And that's kind of hard sometimes because I that's my eye. But this is your family reunion. So tell me what you want. Give me something to work with. If mm. you, if you, if you tell me I want you to do my class reunion, I'm looking for the star football player, the football. I want the cutest little uh, uh, cheerleader. I want the names of the teachers. I want the graduating class. I want everybody that's done died. I want the memorial. I want the living. I want to see what you're doing. And everything is going to be on that table placed. I want the skater. I want the high school roller. I want the baller. I want the player. I want to represent everything that took place in this event when you were there see and that's what i do in weddings i want to represent everybody dead alive cat dog when they did that wedding on tyler perry and they had those angels hanging out the out the uh ceiling mm. i literally had a girl to ask me can you do that i said i absolutely can but you want to fall from that rafter mm. but i can get you up there i promise you i can get you up there <laughs> they wanted i said that's that's hollywood baby we're right. in East Texas, okay? Right. That's Hollywood. But I, I'll get you as close as I possibly can. Wow. Now, see, this is what I'm talking about, y'all. She wears many different hats. And, you know, maybe I don't know how to be neutral or partial uh, where she is concerned that. But what I will say to you is, is that for as long as I have been on this earth, you know, the gifting and the blessing that she gives is just i haven't seen anything like it and i'm not saying it because she's my aunt i'm telling you what i have seen what i have been a witness to you know she always gives more to those especially to those that she care about you know and care for um and so now you know because as women, we go through so many different changes and so many different stages in our life, you know, and this might be a touchy subject to kind of talk to, you know, touch on, but let's talk about you being a friend and how that has shaped who you have become and are becoming now. So that's very interesting because growing up, we always had friends. Um, I always relate the fact that I'm from Ohio. This is Texas. You know, in Texas, everything is everything because it's Texas. You know, it's a mm -hmm. whole new country. Okay. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> when I grew up, there was always somebody around, hung out. Okay. I had, it was six of us in high school. Uh, it was always a friend. I always had a friend until I got to East Texas. Always had that one girl. That one girl, just just that one, me and her, we're going to ride, we're going we to the movies, we're going shopping. And what I didn't realize was that I was not a friend to myself and that I really was not a good friend. And I'm just going to be real. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I had expectations of a friend. You don't double cross me. You don't talk about me. You don't go behind my back. You don't have other conversations. I had so many expectations from a friend. And then when I did not see those, and then when people tried to get next to me, I see something that marked you off the list. I, I just moved you out the way. I gave you a chance or gave you a, a space to get into my life, but it was not, it, it was not connecting. Okay. And then just being me and growing up mm. because I'm 65, but don't mean that I'm mature. Okay. I'm mature in some places, in most places, but there's still some little girl in me that need to grow up. And I'm okay with admitting that now. So I have my jealousies and stuff like that. So I come to realize that, you know what? You don't have any friends because really you're not a good friend. The scripture said that the person that wants a friend must show himself friendly. Well, for a lot of people, I don't come off like that. They see that that drone, you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I am um, in East Texas. I am a female preacher who have been here for a while and that was not cool. I am uh, not going to let you talk crazy to me. I'm going to back you away and I do flex. I do flex because I work with in the vicinity of men and people that try to push you and then play you and I have to tell them everybody that's from here that's 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 here is not from here. You can't handle me like that. Now you can't talk to me like that or don't do that. I'm gonna ask you. But I've always given that impression that impression that don't don't say nothing to me. Don't or I'm unapproachable. I am not unapproachable. I'm a lot of fun, but people get that impression that she's all business. So maybe the my friend can't approach me, but mm -hmm. I'm okay with it now. I'm going to be very honest with you. One day I was sitting in the closet talking to the Lord and I was just whining and crying. God, I want a friend. Ain't nobody, I can't find a friend here, Lord. I do something. You know, what the, you know what the Lord said to me? This is clear. He said, no, you want somebody that you can stop and tell your side of the story to. You want somebody that's going to go along with you. Hmm. You want somebody that was going to have the same ideas if you want. You got a problem, you come in here and talk to me because you know I know both sides of the story. Ooh, you hear me? Ooh, that's, do you hear me? That's a different look. That's a that's a whole different conversation. Look. And I was like just whining and crying. The Holy Spirit told me shut up and go to bed. I was tired. I got right up out my closet and got in my bed <laughs> and went to sleep. But you and know I'm that's okay. A, that's I'm a okay different. That. That's a different kind of flex right there. When <laughs> when you get checked like that by the Spirit, that's a whole. I am so okay with it. So I have sisters and I have people that I that I that I do things with. We I mm have -hmm. work family, I have church family, I mm -hmm. got my sister-in-laws here, you know, I have family, family, I got y'all, got my sister-in-laws and but ride or die, I don't have a ride or die. I'm my ride or die. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I talk. <laughs> I tell people, are you talking to yourself? I say, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't get it, you know, so I understand what I'm saying. And I'm real with me. Mm. And I'm just now learning how to be real with me. So basically, I'm learning to be a friend. And then maybe on down the road, I'll get a friend. Well, but right know. now, I'm learning to be a friend. Um, I don't expect some of the foolishness that I see out of people. I don't expect that. And I, at one point, I was jealous about that. But I'm no longer, I had to say it out of my mouth. I'm jealous of your friendship because me and you don't communicate like you and her or whatever. But you know what? Once I said it, I was okay with it because now I really deal with me. You know what I'm saying? I, I really communicate with myself a little bit better and I don't let or I give people permission to, to push buttons for me. And then when they do push buttons, I check myself because my friends ain't going to really check me because mm -hmm. they're, they're afraid. The people that I know they're not going to really check me because they're afraid of that backlash. And and you know me, okay? And they know me too. It just depends on how I'm going to give it back to them. Well, you know, that's interesting because indeed, you know, I, I, I think I shared this with you uh, in our last conversation, how I only have two friends, you, did, you know, yes. that, I, that I consider that I, because I don't you see today in today's time, too many folks, there, there's three words that people use too loosely for me. The word love, mm -hmm. the word family, mm -hmm. and the word friend. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sorry. If I use the term friend, that means that is the value that I have given to you. That's the way I view you. We have, listen, I absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, trust you with more than I would trust somebody else that don't know me. And so I only have two people. Um, and you know, when we started in this whole quarantine thing a few years back, you know, I struggled, I struggled with it. You know, it was just like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, you know, especially when you have someone who deals with anxiety and have dealt with depression before. And so, you know, you enclosed in. And when I tell you that there was a lot of people that was around me, I'm talking about folks that I broke bread with. I'm talking about people whose kids requested me to be a part of their functions and events and different things like that because of how they how they treated me and how I treated them. I'm they done been to my house. They I've been to their house. I, these folks, when I tell you they started dropping like flies, they dropped. And I didn't understand what was going on. I found myself sitting in a dark room, you know, when I would get off from work with some worship music in my ear, asking God, well what happened? What did I do to them? Why did they leave? You know uh, all this time that was invested that you can't get back. See, a lot of people don't even think about, you know, when you invest your time mm -hmm. into people and situations, time is free, but it's the most costly thing there is because you can't get it back. Can't get it back. You cannot get it back. So folks was dropping. And then there was two ladies that didn't drop. These are two people that when I tell you that I can have the most craziest thoughts and I could talk to them and have a comp and they don't agree with me when I'm wrong. They call me out on it. They hold me accountable and I have no problem with it. It hurt, but I know that they're telling me right. Why? Because I know their heart for me and see it's a whole different. That's a whole different playing field when you know the intent and the heart of the person for you. And so when I tell you that God kept them around for me because they can handle the most craziest thoughts that when I tell y'all my imagination is very creative, oh, oh, I have to, I find myself daily pleading the blood over my thoughts because sometimes that is how it can be for me. And so I have two friends. My sister, of course, that's that's a different relationship. That's my sister. But these two women are my friends. And I have to honestly tell you, I don't know how I would have made it some of those days had it not been for them too. And so as a woman, we just experienced so many different things. And, you know, I found myself, I used to find myself, and I don't know if you've ever had this conversation because I talk to God the way I'm talking to you right now, you know. Lord, why did you give it to me? What you give me this for? <laughs> because I was emotional. There was a season where I didn't do nothing but cry. I said, Lord, I'm the biggest crybaby there is. What in the world is this? So can you speak to a challenge that as a woman, you know, you struggle with? How did, how did you overcome that struggle? One of the challenges I had, I think one of the biggest ones, well, there's several of them, and, and that's been since I've been here. And again, I've been here 27 years. I didn't want to come here, mm -hmm. um, but I later found out that it was divine. It was divine purpose for me to come here mm -hmm. uh, and absolutely would not trade it because of what I know. But if I didn't know what I know, I wouldn't be here. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Because it's so different and I'm different. I'm cut from a whole different piece of fabric. Mm -hmm. And so not being accepted, not um, not being included, uh, disrespected, overlooked, mm -hmm. um, disrupted, um, rejected. No family. I told God one day, I said, you know what? Can I just get somebody to look like me? Okay. Because wow. I come, I come and, and my children were born in Japan. So when we hit stateside, 
we came to Texas. And so if you ask my children, where were they, where are they from? They're going to say Texas. Mm. So I'm the only one that looks like me in this place. So here we come, you know, with the hair, with the fingernails, with the makeup, you know, uh, I'm a big girl, but still, because I was, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come to play every time it was like this. And I was meticulous about, and I was a perfectionist about what I did. Mm-hmm. And so I got attacked because I came from overseas. I got attacked because my boys' names weren't this. I got attacked because I was a woman in ministry. I got attacked because I was fat. I got attacked because we didn't have no money. There was always an attack. And then I didn't feel like I had any support. Mm. When I called back for help, all my help was always busy. And my help was in Japan. My mm. sisters, my friends, my my walk the road together, walk the, the path of the shadow of, of the death with me were in Japan. So I've got nobody here. Mm. And so I'm constantly talked about. I'm living for God for real. I'm not playing. I'm worshiping for real. I'm not going to church on Sunday and talking about you at 145. I'm not. That's just not me. Mm. I'm I'm saved for real. I'm I I don't want no parts of this. I don't I'm not shucking and jiving and I'm not playing no games. This is this is real for me. I'm attacked because I don't go to the local this, that, or the other. Now I'm think I'm too good. Now I think I'm better. And then God forbid I lost a hundred pounds and whoa, there it go right there. You know, I'm stupid at work. Mm. You know, I'm done. One guy told me, I said, God, what am I doing wrong? He told me the first thing you did wrong was put the application in here. I was like, are you kidding me, dude? You said that for real? And I'm, wow. I can't cuss. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I can't, I can't cut you. <laughs> I can't do like the Ohio thing. Mm-hmm. I can't. So my challenge was to be accepted. Mm. And I was so tired of rejection and so tired of not fitting in and so tired of not being, it was crystal clear I was different, crystal. But one day I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna stop trying and I don't care no more. And I had some battles, I promise you. I had some battles until it got to the other side. When it got to the other side, I made a decision to be right Mm. and I stayed there. I got attacked because I was calling the kingdom down in the community. I would I would walk four o'clock in the morning and call lives into salvation into the kingdom. I would walk past that I've seen stuff that shouldn't have even been there and still calling in the middle of the heat and it's hot here, okay? Mm-hmm. And wave a great big red flag and ca- and I was ridiculed, mocked. I mean, but I had no support. I had no support until I got to the ministry that I'm in now because they understood. They didn't understand me, but they understood the anointing. They understood the word of God. They understood spiritual things. Mm. And I stuck with them. So I got attacked for that too. Mm. So my biggest challenge was being being accepted in a place where it's unacceptable. And again, I was not prepared for this. Wow. I didn't call me into the ministry. I didn't ask God, hey, you want somebody to preach? I'll do this for you. Mm. But when he sent me and I told him, no, sir, I'm not going, but I'm praying in the spirit one day, get right up and say, okay, God, I'll go. So I knew it was God. Mm. And later on, got a testimony that I confirmed. I know I heard the Lord. And that's why I'm here. But I live a peaceful life. And you know, peace is priceless. So uh, truthfully speaking, I would take that any day over some of the chaos. And and so as women, you know, because we we encounter so many different things and some things is, you know, self-inflicted. Yeah, because depending on who you surround yourself with, you know, could very well be the problem. Right. Right. Um, And then some things. It is the anointing in your life. And and anytime the anointing and the call upon your life is so great and so big, there are going to be oppositions. There are going to be challenges. But we know that in God's kingdom, and this was something that was mind blowing for me, that in order to be high in his kingdom, you have to go low. 
<laughs> so it was just like, whoop, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Let's put pause on that. But that's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is Jesus didn't come here to be served. He came here to serve. And so again, as women, we just, we encounter and deal with so many different things. So now, you know, as we begin to wrap this up, what would be some final thing that you would want to just share with those that are listening that if you had to just leave them with something, what would you leave them with? I would say, be real with you. Mm. Be for real with yourself. Um, the scriptures tell us if I judge myself, I don't have to worry about anybody else judging me. And even if they misjudge me, when I've checked myself, I automatically know whether it's the truth or not. If it's a lie, it's a lie. And I am no chase, no lies. Mm -hmm. But if it's the truth, then work at it. I am a proponent of being the best you that you can possibly be if you are a woman of God that does that serves the kingdom not a church not a ministry mm. but the kingdom mm. and when you put the kingdom first if you seek ye first the kingdom and that's for real then all this other stuff motherhood childhood sisters rejection you know depression oppression menopause pms and husband no husband divorce remarried gay whatever you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. whatever the issue is when you seek ye first the kingdom but you gotta be for real with you first you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and the mm -hmm. one thing that i've understood ladies about reality is there's some things that you can do about it and some things you just cannot the color of your skin you did not get a chance to ask god well i think i want to be a tan brown puerto rican okay God didn't give you no choice in that. So why are you battling against something that people are using that is causing you distress and dysfunction? I can't do anything about that, but I can do something about how I respond or how I approach or how approachable I am. I can do something about um, thinking about others more than I think about myself. So it's not about me, my foreign no more. It's about what can I do to be a blessing in your life? Mm. How do I take the opportunities today, God, today, and let you get the glory? Because when we pray, we forget that our prayer is not about us and what we need God to do. Be, uh, be understanding and get an understanding. The prayer is to bring glory to God. I don't care what you're asking for. Mm. Your prayer and your supplication, your warfare and everything else is not for you. It is to bring God the glory. So that means if you getting victory over your giant, your Goliath, that ain't because you that bad. That is because God is going to be glorified because you knew Goliath was going to be there and you ain't have but two rocks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you already swung and missed. You got one left. That's not you, that's God. So any prayer, whatever it is, however great or small, it is not just for you. That is to give God glory. Let me see how we can glorify you, God, in answering this prayer. Oh, glory to God. Mm -hmm. Amen. And, and that fake shout, hallelujah, mm -mm, for real. Because God knows what's real and what's not. And be grateful. We are so entitled and ungrateful. We don't have this, that, or the other. But you know what? I see people, ladies, I work, I don't work. I have the pleasure of working with women who don't have teeth. They done lost their man. They done lost their respect. They done lost their kids. They have lost everything. They don't have a home. They wearing somebody else's clothes hmm. with somebody else's teeth in their mouth, with somebody else's shoes, carrying some bags down the highway because they have because they have lost everything. I work with ladies and teach ladies. One lady laid on the ground. Life was so traumatic. When her husband died, she couldn't sleep. So she went to the graveyard and laid on his grave to go to sleep. How bad is your issue? How bad is your issue that you can't get rest until you go to the graveyard and lay on top of something that's dead? Mm. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So my thing, be grateful. Be grateful. Be about somebody else's business. Not in their business, but how can I help you? 
and be about the Father's business. Be about what's right, what brings glory to God, not your kids, basketball, your elite traveling team. What brings glory to God? Hmm. What brings glory to God? Wow. I was going to say something else, but what it is about, bring the glory home. Bring it to God. Amen, Auntie. I just want to say thank you for taking the time to do this with me tonight. Um, I really appreciate, you know, the wisdom that you have shared. I hope that people listening have gotten something out of this. I, it truly has blessed me. Um, but, you know, again, thank you all for listening. Um, I appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, this is all that we have for tonight's episode of I Am Broken. Again, thank you. Thank you to my aunt um, who came. Let me close out really quickly with a word of prayer. Gracious and heavenly father, we just thank you for your glory tonight, Father God. We thank you for the platform. We thank you for the opportunity that we have been given, Father God, to just share in wisdom and understanding, Father God. No, we don't know all things, Father God, but we thank you that you created us to be who you made us to be. And that is just women. And we're continuously evolving, Father God, into the things that you have desired and prepared for us, Father God. Now, Lord, we ask that those that hear the word, not only do they be hearers, but they be doers of the word, that you orchestrate and ordain and that you order each and every step, Father God. I pray, Father God, for each and every person that is listening, those that will listen, Father God, whatever they stand in need of, Father God, we touch and agree right now in the spirit, Father God, and we just say thank you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the blood, and we thank you for your presence. It's in the name of your son, I pray. Amen. So now if you enjoy what you heard, please share with your family and friends on any of your preferred platforms. So we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, of course, Podbean, Amazon Music. You can find me on Instagram at underscore broken, all lowercase letters. I mean, I'm sorry, broken, all lowercase letters, underscore 011121. You can catch me on Twitter at the at sign, beautiful, all capital letters, 110371. You can also catch me on TikTok at beautiful all lowercase letters, 110371. Um, you won't want to miss next week. We are still celebrating and honoring women. Um, so join me on live Instagram Tuesday, seven o'clock. I got a guest. We're going to be talking about being unapologetically me. Um, and you won't want to miss that. So now if you haven't had a chance, um, Check out my, the second edition of my book, Broken, To Be or Not To Be. That is the question. You can find it on Amazon. You can get either um, a Kindle version or a hard copy version. Until next time, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm your host, Robin. Take care and be blessed. <music>